1: the world-famous God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. and I continue to be
0: Bill Swirla. Really? Uh, for the moment. Again? Until the name change. It's getting really redundant. Now. Un- until I enter the witness protection program. <laughs> and and I, I, I end up in a cabin in New Hampshire. Remember Breaking Bad last Ooh. Ooh. last season? You got the beard going. I, I so do. You got that. You know, that. and I've been I've fallen behind on my haircut appointments, so I'm starting to get that look. Okay. I like nice. you know. Hmm. Well, and you are me? a chemist. I am a chemist.
1: Yeah. Oh, we've got we've got the makings of some serious, serious <laughs> stuff going on here. <laughs> Speaking of chemistry, how's the tiki bar project? Ah, uh, the on? mixology oh. is shaping up nicely. Yes. Uh, I've invited the Pastuka boys down uh, no. to help
0: me perfect my what? zombie. No, no, the, no. The, yeah, the Pastuka brothers. All th- there, I think there are three of them. Well, uh, two, uh, one's an artist and two are pastors. Yeah, the two pastors. Or let's say One. one's an artist and two are performance artists. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my.
1: Uh, they seemed to balk at first at it being a 25-hour drive, but I said, really? You wouldn't drive that far for a cocktail? And, of course, Boom. that convinced instant, them.
0: Instant decision at that yeah. point. Yeah.
1: So I've got to hose out the guest room <laughs> and put down fresh hay for them. Are
0: you serious? You're actually going to have the pastukas over at the Oh, I, I don't know if they'd actually come down, but you I'd know, love to have them. It'd be fun. They they would do it. I know those guys. It would they'd be a blast. For alcohol, they would do that. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> <laughs> My goodness, that that would be, you know. Keep I, I sweetened the deal, and I said <laughs> we'll get them a guest shot on the GW. Oh yeah. Oh, that's that's so, a that's a third and fourth microphone yeah, edition right yeah, there. Yeah. So, so that, the the Royal Ohana room is functioning. It's everything's operating smoothly. Up and rolling, having uh, three
1: pastors' families over this weekend to. Uh, uh, consecrated, I guess
0: you could <laughs> oh, say. Oh, really? Is there? Does the agenda book have a rite of consecration for a tiki bar? It's. I,
1: I think we could just take the house one and and uh, do something with that. You know, the, the question is the blessing of the idols. That's the one that's really kind of. It's tough. sketchy.
0: Yeah. It, maybe it should be just like a, a prayer for forgiveness. Lord, please forgive me for this idolatry. But it's forgive kinda,
1: everything that happens in this room. <laughs> but it's just um, part of
0: the tiki vibe. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I always say, one man's idol is another man's art. Well, it's here's a kind of an interesting question that I I really haven't thought about, but it just came to me. So when you turn an idol and the tiki's were idols, right? Yeah, they were. They're like they're they're kind of the equivalent of the totem pole. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So when you take an idol and you turn it into a decorative object of art, have you at some level have you deconsecrated and Have you taken out the idolatrous element of it?
1: Well, from I, it? I would say yes, absolutely, for one.
0: <laughs> because Be- you because have them all over I, your basement. I know,
1: <laughs> I know of no one in tiki culturedom that actually prays to these things right, or okay. reveres them or mm-hmm. sees them as anything but just goofy fun. So, so there's that. Uh, but I have one. One of my favorites is actually made for me by Pastor brar Erickson. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I this, that, is, that's this is this is made made by a pastor for a pastor
0: in his tiki bar. So, let's let's just pause and parse that for a little bit. So, so a <laughs> Lutheran pastor uh, who has yes. considerable skills in crafts and sculpture, as Ch- I've seen chainsaw uh, art and other things. chainsaw art. Yeah. So he made you. Yes, uh, a tiki, a tiki. Is, is it called a tiki? Is that does that what you call it? Yeah, a, a tiki. Oh, yeah. he made you a tiki, which is an idol. So he carved a graven image. Yes. <sighs> okay. Well, thank we, goodness we we're not...
1: probably even name it uh, to give it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness we don't live in Old Testament Israel, or you guys uh, yeah, would all the, be stoned right now. The ground and I, and, would be and and I don't up mean medical buildings. marijuana. Okay, yeah, you guys. <laughs> wow. Uh, but it's an interesting sort of thing. When I go to a museum, and I went to a museum once on Polynesian art and craft and stuff. Right. And, of course, most of the Polynesian stuff is, is like the stuff you're talking about, is tiki. And so there's lots of stuff that was used in ritual, the masks, the, the headdresses, the, the carvings. So these were all idolatrous objects, but they're in a museum. So when I'm walking through the museum and kind of studying this as history and as culture, I'm not really engaged in idolatry, even though I'm coming into contact with these idolatrous objects. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think so. I, think, I hope
1: not. No, no,
0: of course not. Because, like, because
1: really most of these were just made in, in Taiwan and stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah,
0: so they're not even real. You know, <laughs> They're you know. not even Polynesian, yeah, really. And, and you're lucky if they're made in Taiwan. Uh, it, yeah. So it's a little bit like St. Paul saying in 1 Corinthians that that meat sacrifice to idols is, is a nothing because an idol is nothing. Remember he says right. that? Exactly. But what drives idolatry, the worship of those nothings and we won't go into what Ezekiel called those objects because that was our first homeschooler alert if you recall right y- yes that's right but but it- that was one of the names of the idols with the, with the prophets was they were nothing they were non-gods they they were nonsense Right, right. But what drives the worship of them is is demons. That's demonic. So, so Paul says, no, no, you don't go to idol feasts because that that is demonic. However, meat sacrificed to idols, no big deal because we all know an idol's nothing but a chunk of wood or metal.
1: Right. So you you have meat that was cooked before uh, carving.
0: Yeah, and and dedicated at some level. So it's probably the best. You know, this is like so, USDA prime. Let, let me put it to you this way. Mm.
1: Most LCMS churches use wine that has either been blessed by a rabbi that rejects the Holy Trinity. Oh, that stuff
0: is horrible.
1: Or made by some
0: papist monk somewhere, and it's really bad swill. <laughs> oh yeah, the sacramental wine. Oh, that's just not worth drinking. I mean, it's it's awful. It, it's better than the manischewitz. I don't know.
1: It, it's a it's a toss up at times. There's I more mean,
0: corn syrup in manischewitz than there is in grape jelly. <laughs> Actually I would believe that. That is just it's terrible. You know, most most of the Jewish people I know who have any taste at all don't drink that stuff either. They 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 look at you and go, "What?" In fact, so, I think it was a Jewish convert that convinced me not to use that anymore for communion because it triggered him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You have alcoholics who stay away from it for the alcohol content, and former Jews who stay away from it for the Jew content. Yeah, you, you know,
0: I, I think <laughs> I think you could be a recovering alcoholic and drink that stuff, and it wouldn't it wouldn't really set you over because it doesn't resemble anything like a decent drink,
1: right? So, but I mean, for use in our churches, we have stuff consecrated by people who say that Jesus was an illegitimate illegitimate child of a Roman soldier, right, or something like that. And and we won't we won't think twice about that one.
0: So so this would be no different than me going to the halal guys for lunch?
1: No. Except the tiki bar is less
0: likely to explode. That's all. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, if it does explode, it's due to like a bad gas line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a shoddy construction, which I think kind of goes with most tiki. As I recall, <laughs> our little adventure at Don the Beachcombers, I'm thinking, man, this thing's going to collapse in an oh, earthquake. Yeah. But yeah. well, they're, they're gone now, you know. For that reason, right? No, because no. the real estate was too
1: valuable. Oh, the, the owners of the property finally said, that's it. We're Coastal
0: Huntington Beach. Right on Pacific Coast Highway, it, right across that's the That's got to be like beach. $10 million or the oh, yeah. minimum. Yeah, I
1: mean, they've got two, three acres there. That's, yes.
0: So I was thinking about you the other day when, when I was listening to the radio and I heard a report of a California fire official uh, who works for the California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection. And uh, he used basically company time and company people to build himself a tiki bar behind the house that he was renting from the state nice (laughs) i have no problem with this so far so apparently over six months uh in 2016 this guy unnamed um quote, misuse state employees and cause discredit to the agency. I don't know about the causing discredit to the agency. I think it gives the agency some cred. I'm thinking. But they say that. So so I'm trying to understand this.
1: Was he using employees on company time? Or was he saying, "Hey, would you help me, uh, you know, lay some flooring or something?" I,
0: I think the the way this works is, you, you know, how firemen and and people in in. The firehouse. They have side jobs because they're yeah. on. They're on for a big, big period of time. Then they're off for a big period of time. Right. So you can actually do a, a decent side jobs. A lot of them have good skills. So they do electrical, plumbing, this kind of thing. I'm gathering, just reading between the lines, that when he built the 16 by 20 foot structure behind uh, his rented property. <laughs> Yeah, Sixteen by twenty, that's that's smaller than my garage, but hey, it's probably bigger than yours, uh, your tiki bar. No, no, I've yeah. got fifteen by forty something. Oh, you're long. Yeah. Okay, yeah, all I'm right. Long. Well that's that, that's nice. But I, I suspect that he probably used some of the guys at the station who were doing who did this on the side anyway. Some of them are yeah. probably licensed too, yeah. I would imagine. So Maybe. It's probably a gray area as to whose clock they were on when they were doing it.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah, you know know
0: that... I'll arrange a little uh, over... Well, you know, those firemen, a lot of
1: times, depending on where you are especially, there's just a lot of downtime. This is why so
0: many of them become such great chefs. Right. Now, I love this quote, and this is what makes me think of you. Uh, Quote, for example, on certain dates in October 2016 and November 2017... Just two months. The okay. assistant chief invited numerous guests to travel to the residence to experience the decor and to consume alcoholic beverages. That's almost redundant, isn't it? Do you really need um, to say that? This is what the auditors... This is how th- auditors write. This is a write. problem? This is how auditors write and how they think. You okay. know They travel to experience the decor and to consume Alcoholic beverages. The guests then drove off the Cal Fire compound. So I guess, I'm guessing this house is part of a residential compound. So it's kind of the fire parsonage. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You, you know how you go to a national park and they have these cabins where the, the people who work there live? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm th- I'm I'm envisioning one of those kinds of things because this is forestry and fire protection. This is not L.A. Oh, City. Oh, oh. Do we know where this is? No, we don't. Otherwise, we'd go there. This would be destination for I, us. I would look them up on the Critiki map. <laughs> the Critiki, <laughs> yes. he might show up. So the guests drove off the compound either in their own vehicles or in a. Get this now. Limo bus that their driver parked in front of the residence. So he was running probably out. one of the off
1: duty firemen also had a limo bus that yeah, he runs on exactly, the side.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So th- what I'm thinking is the next step for you for the Royal Ohana Room, a limo bus. Ooh. So you can I like pick it. you can pick the Pistukas up from the airport in the limo bus. it's like, it's like Forget our,
1: the bus. Let's just get the
0: limo. It's like our friend Kurt. You know, whenever, whenever Kurt invites <laughs> you over for dinner, there's a limo that picks you, you get a driver. Oh, man, that's so cool. <laughs> it's, it's, it is so cool. So amazing. Well, anyway, the, the upshot of this article is, it, and I like how it ends because it ends kind of, kind of happily. Uh, the assistant fire chief was suspended for 30 days. With or without pay? It doesn't say. And I think because it doesn't say, you can surmise with pay. 30 days with pay, I call a month's sabbatical or a nice vacation. Okay, so
1: the, the question still remains, does that time come off your vacation or sick time or anything like that? I mean, they, they, if, they, if they suspend
0: you, look, they, they can't take away your vacation time, can they? Look, this question is easily answered without any research. California Go. state employee.
1: <laughs> I was just going to sum it up with government. Government. No, even California
0: more, state employee. There is no so. way this comes out of his uh, uh, accruing vacations, sick time, pension, everything else. No, no, he's fine. He's good. But he got, an, he got 30 days to chill. He's just kind of hanging in his tiki he's bar. He's working on the tiki bar. He's no, working on his mixology. This is where, this is where I, I, I have to laugh. There's no indication that the 16 by 20 foot structure was torn down. Okay. See, because I think what happened, the auditors, while they were auditing, had a couple of zombies, you know, maybe a blue Hawaiian. (laughs) They got, they caught the vibe. They caught the vibe and they go, we get it. We get it. And so now the compound has a tiki bar. And here's the funny thing. Cal Fire agreed to modify its rental agreement to more clearly explain what alterations were and were not acceptable. If I read between the lines, they have included the tiki bar as acceptable. Now, you know, you, you may not build a garage. You may not build a welding shop or a wood shop. Tiki bars, however, are exempted. <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I'm just thinking here. Now I
1: put this in like a parsonage situation here. Okay. And, and you get a call to this congregation and uh, you get a, what uh, will just say 1500 square foot parsonage. And you decide, I'm going to add a sunroom in the back and turn it into a tiki bar. <laughs> you would do that. Right? And, and, well, on my own. You know, I just decide, I'm not talking to the trustees or anything. I'm just doing it because <laughs> it, it's easier to ask forgiveness and permission. And instantly three elders volunteer to help you.
0: Right. So you've got the youth group there on the weekends helping you paint the place. That's right. Arranging the <laughs> idols, you know, and, and you can do a little first commandment catechesis. You and know. all now, of kids, a sudden, here's an idol. This is coarse idolatry. Now, right. of course, in this room, it's just decoration. All of a sudden, the trustees swoop
1: in on you yeah. and they call foul. It'd be the treasurer. Probably the yeah. treasurer because they're going to have to pay property tax on the improvement. And the
0: insurance doesn't like it because you're running
1: a tiki bar. Yeah, there's that too. Mm. Well, yeah, but it, it's it's no different than the basement bar that everyone else has <laughs> with the dartboard and everything.
0: Just, yeah, but the neon tiki sign out front is kind of a dead tip off, is You're not it? charging for drinks, are you? You know, this is <laughs> this is a little bit like... Um, there's a place in Boyle Heights that I heard about. I think its name is Maria's Kitchen, but don't hold me to that and don't go looking for it. All right. But uh, it's one of these. Have you ever heard of this? These are like restaurants that aren't officially restaurants. Oh, yeah. So so like Maria's a really good cook. And so out and back, they're making carnitas out on the smoker and and uh, or however they make it. And then the kitchen is brewing all kinds of wonderful stuff. And then they, they're packing as many people as they can into the dining room. But it's all word of mouth and there's nothing official. And there's certainly not one of those health code letters out front because <laughs> the health department doesn't know anything about this. And here's the bottom line. It's like the most delicious food there is. Is she washing her hands? <laughs> I
1: don't know. I've got to
0: imagine she is. i got to draw the line there. <laughs> I gotta imagine. But that's your tiki bar. See, it's 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 yeah. there, but it's not there. It's there, but nobody knows about it, but people know about it. I hate it. By the way, for the
1: Royal Ohana room,
0: okay. uh, If if you're visiting Cleveland and you want to want to book the Royal Ohana room for your event, as
1: as we've been talking, and of course we came up with this brilliant idea, (laughs) uh, we need to do a New God Whispers fundraiser. 1965 Lincoln Continental limousine convertible. Oh, uh, only 150 grand. So (laughs) it's beautiful white 1965 Lincoln Continental limousine. That would look good skinned.
0: You get you get some tiki oh, you yeah. get some tiki, Royal skinny. Ohana room yeah. stuff on the side. Oh, man, that would be good. That'd, I bet you be Ruhlman would come over. I bet you'd have Michael Ruhlman over. He'd
1: be knocking at your you door. D- you know what I'd do? I'd put a surfboard rack on the back and <laughs> get another Royal Ohana room surfboard. Actually, you need on a on woody. Boy. You need a woody. Well, yeah, but that's not really a limo. I mean, that's just a utility. That sounds thing. kind of obscene, doesn't it? <laughs> 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 Not going there. Don't go there.
0: Otherwise, Not touching it. Otherwise, we to trig- it. <laughs> we'll trigger a homeschooler alert. Let's just leave it at automobiles. Okay? Attention. Oh. The following segment contains a home schooler alert. Attention. The following segment contains a home schooler alert. Yeah, oh,
1: there you go. Uh, Better safe than sorry. You pegged I pegged my meter on that one. <laughs> oh, nice. That came Good. in strong. Then Don comes in loud and strong. Don.
0: Don. <laughs> So all
1: 150 right. grand. Anyone who's out there wants to contribute to the Royal Ohana Room <laughs> limo, 1965 Lincoln Continental
0: limo, courtesy vehicle. It's a courtesy yes, vehicle. Yes, the courtesy vehicle. Well, you yes. could do airport pickup. You could do shuttle service. Oh, um, dude, something like this weddings, oh. pastor
1: and limo service. I mean, <laughs> you you got it all. <laughs> yeah, this idea is growing, growing by leaps and bounds. But this is, you know what? Just just. Forget it all. You want your your shaman uncle to say the prayer. Who cares? So they, Just as so long as yeah, you're Yeah, light for some my sage services.
0: leaves and off you go. <laughs> So the so the upshot, the, the conclusion this this wonderful tale is our, our yes. assistant fire chief got uh, 30 days with pay. Nice sabbatical Paid vacation. He, he could work on his tiki bar. Uh, the Cal Fire did not tear down the tiki bar, but instead modified its rental agreement in order to uh, exempt the tiki bar. And they all lived happily ever after. So that is I'm the teacher sure that he uh... the tiki lifestyle right there.
1: As part of his punishment, he had to spend two weeks on Maui, I think. That's probably part
0: that, of the deal. Yeah, that'll that'll teach him, won't it? That'll show you. All right. I think it's time for the mailbag, shall we? Oh, yes. Hey, the God Whispers mailbag brought to you by illegal tiki bars everywhere. Look for one in your neighborhood. <laughs> That's good tie-in. Nice work. Uh, okay, from a listener... Manly doctors should a Christian see coincidences and other kinds of unlikely events as signs from God under any circumstances and the letter goes on but I'm just going to leave it at that sentence for our discussion okay should a uh, Christian see coincidences that is like unexplained marvelous miraculous occurrences as uh, signs from God, under any circumstances, it's kind of kind of an open question there. So, what think ye? Um, I
1: need more data. I'm I'm not sure that I I have enough. What sorts of things are we talking about here? Um, I, mean, I mean, the thing—the the idea that you've uh, flipped the quarter four times and three times it came up heads. So, I mean, <laughs> ooh, coincidence. It, uh, yeah, sign you know, from
0: God. Unfortunately, the letter doesn't specify. So we could kind of conjecture on some of them. Some of this kind of like sounds like Gideon's do on the ground, do on the fleece. That's a bunch of doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. That's, uh, but yeah, yeah, there he kind of does a controlled experiment. So, you know, Lord, if you want me to do this, put dew on the ground. Lord, if you want me to do this, put the dew in the fleece. So, okay, that's kind of interesting. Um, let's see. What? How about, like, dreams? So you have a dream about something, and uh, do you view this as a sign from God? Uh, you're planning to get a job, say, or you're trying to deliberate over a job decision, and you have a dream about... Uh, You taking the job and succeeding, is that a sign from God that you should take the job with the promise that you will succeed? That would be kind of an example. Hmm. Coincidences and unexplained events, are they signs from God? uh, Could be. (laughs) Could be, yeah. (laughs) And how do you know here's here's my dilemma that's that's the problem
1: is how do you know that's the that's the bigger problem
0: yeah I have I have two two basic questions about these things one how do you know it's just not a coincidence uh, maybe a, a sub question for the take home is is there such thing as a random event are, are is any event random or is God behind all of it hmm. Uh, the second one is the the other problem. if it's going to be a sign, properly speaking, a semeon, it has to mean something. it It, it has to it has to reveal something. And so uh, a dream, uh, a random occurrence. Here's another example, I suppose. so you're you're driving along on the freeway and you get stuck in traffic, and then you turn on the news later and you find out that uh, a bridge collapsed at the exact moment you were stuck in traffic. Is that the hand of God rescuing you?
1: I, I think, you know, a lot of us have been in that situation where you see a wreck and you realize, if I got my car 30 seconds earlier, that could have been me. But you know, does that mean that God loves you more than that other poor sap? <laughs> yeah,
0: right. It, it always comes down to that. So you, you hear that story, oh, I was stuck in traffic, or I missed the airplane and it crashed. Right. Okay, and oh, thank God for that. The angels were looking out for me. Well, what about those 150 people who are on the plane?
1: How about the guy, this was a story, I don't know if it's even true or not, but uh, the guy who was supposed to be at work... In the, in the Twin Towers at 9 11, and he was actually off having an affair with his girlfriend, <laughs> and his wife thought that he was dead in the tower. And Thank, you, was, Thank you, Lord.
0: Thank you. He was just affair. off having an affair to yeah. the glory of God, obviously. Uh, well, or uh, you know, know, and do we conclude that the angels were watching over him? Maybe. I don't know. See, fallen angels, perhaps. The, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> but and is God that selective? But he remember he causes his rain and, and, and sunshine to fall on the good and the wicked alike, so he's not discriminating here. Well, that and he uses evil for good. That's trickier. and Yeah. That's trickier. So I think this kind of gets down to a number of different... Does God intervene in the natural course of things? If he does, then unexplained events, we immediately go to the miracle. We say, oh, it's a miracle. Oh, God's trying to tell us something.
1: How much does God micromanage our lives? You you know, you kind of look at this and you think, if you go the way of Calvinism on this... Everything is within the providence of God, and God is this total micromanager. Whereas I don't think God really cares what colors socks you're wearing.
0: <laughs> well, it it also it, what it does also is it mitigates against responsibility for one's own actions yes, because that, that everything too. is fated to be right. Uh, so it's a kind of in the end, it's kind of a fatalism. That's Islam works with that too. Yeah, if Im bad Shala. things if bad things happen, you know, glory be to God. Because the you especially know, if it happens to other people. right and infidels, you know <laughs> right. you know it's if it all, happens it's to me not so praised. much.
1: You know, if it happens to you, Imshallah, if it happens to me, you infidel, you must die.
0: Right, yeah, (laughs) now I have to kill you. But but it's kind of like whatever happens is God's will. There's an element of truth to that, but I don't think it's as simplistic as, as you say, God the puppeteer, God micromanaging every detail down to what color socks you wear, what kind of car you drive, what are you going to eat for dinner.
1: But I think there's also an element of God looking at us and seeing us about to commit a sin and kind of shaking his head and saying, you know, this isn't going to end well for you, but uh, have fun. <laughs> go, go for and, it. <laughs> and and you'll see there are consequences for this and you're going to really regret this. and And then like the prodigal son, you come home. And, uh, you, you know, we have like Craig Ferguson show used to be, what did we learn on the show today, Craig? And, and you know, so we... <laughs> well, <that's> in summary, <laughs> we, <laughs> we kind of look at, you know, these, these times where we are in open rebellion against God and he kind of shakes his head and says that that's not going to go well and it doesn't and then hopefully some of us will learn from our mistakes and that sort of thing. So but, I, you know all of this kind of fits together with this how much is god micromanaging everything.
0: The the flip side of that though is you don't want to fall into the trap of like the deist view where god is basically uninvolved. So he he kind of makes the world winds it up, makes it pretty good, it runs. And he basically just leaves it alone. Everything just kind of runs on its own. And and so God's really nowhere to be found in the in the whole thing. And so random occurrences are just random occurrences. They're just they're just statistical blips and that's all they are. They mean nothing. In fact, in that view, nothing means anything because God's really not involved in any of that. And we don't want to go down Hmm. that road either. See, yeah. I think I think Genesis presents this paradox to us because in Genesis 1, God doesn't touch a thing. He just speaks remotely. You know, that's the, the God, the transcendent God. That's the God who is in the heavens above the heavens. And so he doesn't touch a thing. He doesn't get his, he doesn't have hands to get fingernails dirty in Genesis mm-hmm. 1. He just says, be light. He just says, be sea and dry land. He just, he just speaks a word. It's like, you know, he's in the control booth somewhere. In Genesis 2, he's walking around, he's got a garden, he's messing in the mud, he's he's breathing breath into claymation characters, you know, he's parading <laughs> animals before Adam and all of this stuff. But it's a very earthy kind of intimately present God. And I think that's a great paradox, the transcendent God, the imminent God. and And it's a both and, but you can't really resolve it. Hmm. And so these random occurrences, maybe they're not random, but they appear random. And if they appear anything other than random, then you've got kind of a world that's capricious. There's no, there's no predictability. You can't rely on anything working. You can't have science if, if just random things are constantly happening all the time. But then again, well, you, random things do happen all the time. <laughs> you and I are the product of randomness. Do you realize that? Well, I know I'm a product of leftover parts, but... I More than that. What do you y- mean by that? Well, you know, if you've ever seen like these, these super microscope uh, things that depict the development of the human embryo and fetus all the way through development, it's this amazing thing. It's one of these fearfully and wonderfully made things. But you realize at our beginning when our genetic deck was created and shuffled, it was like a bazillion sperm cells competing for one opportunity, just one and and it's like which one's gonna win now are you gonna tell me that there was this one that was uniquely faded and the rest well (laughs) sorry the rest just dead um footnote that's kind of an interesting thing to think about if there was no death before the fall as some people like to say was fertilization just basically a one-to-one kind of thing was that the original design one-to-one Adam had a very low sperm count. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one. <laughs> See, that, it doesn't make sense because there's a lot of death.
1: Well, and and you look at the way that fertilization happens, you kind of get one that cracks the egg, so another one can get through.
0: Yeah, I don't. I, I haven't. Like, I haven't studied in that that detail. But the the bottom line is your twenty three and twenty three uh, chromosomes are the result, finally, of one sperm cell making it to this one egg cell and, and boom, there you are. By all reasonable explanations, you're the product of a lot of randomness. In fact, your parents' meeting has a lot of randomness to it, doesn't it? Or your grandparents or your great-grandparents. There's a lot of ran- randomness in your natural history.
1: Yes, and
0: yet, and yet, you pray Psalm one thirty nine. You know, you you knew me when I was in the womb. You formed me in the depths of the earth. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, you knit me together. We say it in the in the catechism. I believe that God has made me, and all creatures. Me, not just not just like one proto human, but me. And so, in spite of all this randomness, God made me. So God made me in, with, and under randomness. True? I would say yes.
1: You know, I've thought about this on occasion. Had another sperm met egg, would I be a different person? (laughs) You bet you would. And and how different
0: would I be? Thin. Muscular. Better better eyes. Wrong sperm. Hardworking. Ambitious. Oh, man, that just sounds like a lot of work. Aren't you glad it didn't That sounds happen? like a lot of responsibility. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> He's given me my eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason, all my senses. And he did it through randomness. See, I think this is just, I love this. This is why I don't get all wound up about, oh, you know, evolution, it's everything is random. It doesn't mean anything. It, it doesn't mean anything if it's not random. <laughs> hmm. That's not the point. Or let's put it this way, just because it's random doesn't mean it isn't meaningful. Uh, that's the resourcefulness of God and I think it's his hiddenness what a great place to hide a God under randomness, so every time you try to get a beat on God, it just looks random it well, freaks Richard Dawkins out yeah. Richard Dawkins can't, you know, remember his famous quote a universe with a God would not be this kind of a universe it'd be an entirely different universe it's like, really, okay, so tell me what that would be like because <laughs> this is the universe we've got here, and but see, he doesn't, he doesn't, he can't resonate to a God who hides under indeterminacy, randomness. Can't get a beat on him.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. This is all just hurting my head now. I'm, I'm getting all right. A let's, confused let's, by the whole let, thing. let's,
0: let's go to the Holy Family. Let's, let's go to the Christmas right. narrative. So Joseph is always, he always gets his travel instructions by way of a dream, right? Angel comes to him in a dream. And so he's told, first of all, he's told, it's okay to marry Mary. That's a tough thing to say, but I just said it. It's okay to marry Mary. And uh, that the child's conceived in hers of the Holy Spirit, not what he thinks. So, okay, that's good. And then it gets dangerous. Herod wants to kill the kid. So go off to Egypt. So he does. And then a couple of years go by and it's safe. Herod's dead. So come back to Israel. So he does. Live up in Nazareth. So he does. And he's instructed in all of these things by dreams. Now, how many relocations have you done on the basis of a dream? Um, that would be zero. Yeah, that would be so zero. And, and if you had one, would you, would you go with it? Would you wake up and say to Paula, that's it, we're going to Egypt?
1: <laughs> mm, not Egypt, no.
0: Uh,
1: now maybe, maybe
0: Hawaii. Maybe we don't know a thing or two. <laughs> so maybe we don't know that the local headlines in Bethlehem were already breathing threats because, you know, word gets around. Small town yeah there's and that. and you know herod's herod's being he's often one of his paranoid benders again he's killed everybody in his family so he's got a track record and so maybe common sense and reason would would be to say this is getting a little dangerous and then joseph has a dream that confirms that suspicion and he's that's it i'm not feeling good about the situation i'll boom off to egypt and so is god in that yeah he is bible says he is but he's there in such a way that I'm not sure you can get a real beat on that. Hmm.
1: Yeah, there, there's that whole, um, uh, you know, everything's leading in this direction, and then maybe he has the dream that kind of puts him over the top, right?
0: <laughs> okay. where, where, where does this come to, to form? Is, is pastor gets a call, right? You got a call to a congregation, and then some other congregation calls you. So what do they do? What do we all do? Uh, you say to everybody, pray for me. Yes. I, have, I'm I have a hard to, to, to
1: prayerfully consider this.
0: Prayerfully consider. That's, that's I, I hate that phrase. Uh, but prayerfully consider it. You know, we got to discern God's will. Well, what are you waiting for? You got the Urim and the Thumim? Or are you going to draw lots or roll the dice or spin the poor? What are you going to do? Other well, considerations. Uh, you know, you've got to figure out
1: what's best for your family, what's best for your wife, what's best for. You know, all of this those are stuff. earthly.
0: It's not spiritual.
1: That's true. But, you know, you have that whole vocation that's set down from God, uh-huh. that, you know, father, husband, so forth.
0: But we sound funny. We sound like we're waiting for a sign from God about where to go, which I think is really mean. If God wants you to go somewhere, is he really going to go like, hey, guess where I want you to go? Eh, wrong. <laughs> so you, like you choose the wrong place and then you just fail miserably. Well, that happened to you, but but that's different.
1: Thanks, thanks for bringing that up Did
0: you think that God wanted you to work for the Synod?
1: Why don't you just squirt some lemon in that paper cut, huh? I got salt, too (laughs) Salt and lime juice, you know, it's a good combination Did you you go to St. Louis on the basis of a dream? I went there because there was an opportunity To do something pretty awesome And my church that I was at couldn't afford me So So I figured, will of God My church can't afford me Here's an amazing opportunity that pays okay. I mean, it didn't pay great, just paid okay. But, um, you know, here's an opportunity to share the gospel of the whole world on radio and everything.
0: So, so it's kind of a vocational decision. It, it yes. would be, yeah. it'd be like, um, I don't know, it'd be like a, your, your dad used to be a doctor, right? Right. So it'd be like your, your, your father saying, I'm going to uh, take my practice somewhere else. Or I'm going to, to uh shift the emphasis of my practice to the specialty or something like that, because I feel I can do a lot of good or I'm good at this or I sure. enjoy doing this. I get a lot of right. satisfaction out of that. So yep. So it's vocational. And see, that's but that's reasonable. You don't you're not waiting for a sign from God. I, I think the best thing you can do in the circumstances I'm describing is just ask your wife where she wants to live.
1: Well, and that was definitely a consideration because we were really sick of California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think he'll ever air. come back? I don't think I'll ever afford to come back, even if I wanted to. Tough game to enter. Yeah, I mean, unless you got in 20 years ago, you're you're hard to the, – the middle cl- class is shrinking so rapidly there that, um, you know, unless, unless there's a solid six-digit income, I just don't see a – possible to come back.
0: So what about, what about in, in a, circu- a circumstance where your life situation like perfectly fits something that's in the Bible?
1: Like what? I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying
0: to think. So flight to Egypt's not a really particularly good one. Um, hmm. Patterns. I don't know. I'm, just, I'm looking for kind of a pattern. Virgins conceiving, not a good one. Mm. Uh, guys rising from the dead. That's not typical either, but, you know, there's a few. Oh, well, okay, how about this? So so there are people who have been chronically sick for a long time, like that woman with a hemorrhage, or yeah, you know, there's any number of people, people who are lame or deaf or blind from birth. And uh, through a simple encounter with Jesus and a prayer, they were healed. So let's say you have one of those maladies. Why, why couldn't you lay claim to the same thing? Um, I guess you... Could if
1: there was actual divine intervention that you could point to, but... You know, it's the why some and not other kind of questions.
0: So you've got also. crappy eyes, right? And you occasionally get the bloody eye, which is really exciting to see on Facebook.
1: It, it, you know, the great thing about it is it's horrifying to see, but it really isn't a big deal.
0: And you can exploit that for a lot, I think. Oh yeah. It's nice that yeah. you're not actually suffering personally, but no, the people, it's like the people a, it's like a minor bruise, is what it feels like. You know, <laughs> yeah. if if you touch it, you're like, oh, that's tender. It's but. like a shiner, you know. But yeah, so. Is God, when you go to the doctor and you seek treatment, you've had all kinds of stuff done, dear eye, is God not intervening then? Is that not the hand well, yes, of God at work of too? Of course he is, yeah. yeah,
1: through vocation, right?
0: See, and that's, I think, part of the problem is we expect, maybe it's because we think we are exceptional, we expect God to deal with us exceptionally.
1: Yeah. You know, I was just talking with a gal at church about this the other day. Every day when I drive into the church, I drive by this retirement center, this uh, convalescent care, and there's this same guy who sits out there in his wheelchair. He's he's humongously overweight, and he's missing a leg. (laughs) And he just sits there all day and watches traffic go by. And I drive by, and I think, yeah, you know what? I've got these eye problems, and I need to lose a ton of weight and everything else. And I say, but I count my blessings that I've got both my legs and I've got a job and everything else. And then I stop and think, you know, that guy probably sits out there and counts his blessings. Hey, I sit out here and work on my tan all day. I don't have to <laughs> go to work. Right. I don't That's have to right. in at an office,
0: you know. and He sees you driving by and he goes. <laughs> he feels sorry for me. Dear Lord, thank you. I'm not that guy. Right. He looks so right. miserable. He's just, he's just, he's in traffic. He's, you know, he can't. I'm just sitting here taking in the sun and loving it. <laughs> Uh, Do you think that miracles continue today? The Bible has uh, some. I I like to think that if you look at the actual amount of time that the the Bible spans, there aren't that many miracles per, say, 100 years. If you just kind of divide it by a time period, they're not that frequent. Do do you think that uh, they kind of discontinued after the apostolic era? Do they continue today? Can we expect them today? I think they've diminished, um, but I
1: never want to limit God. So uh, I I will never say no. Miracles do not happen, nor can they, or anything like that. Um, I'm sure that they happen all the time in ways we don't even know.
0: I, I, I tend to think that they're contextual. Where they matter, they will happen. Where they won't matter, they won't. Matter to whom? The people who are seeing it. Remember that miracles are for unbelievers, not for believers. And so where they make an impression... They will happen, so you know. You, and you've heard the mission field stories. There are all kinds yeah. of interesting things out on the frontiers, right? Yeah, where yeah. there is no gospel, where there right. where there are no doctors. Uh, you, you hear stories that sound very much like what goes on in the Bible. I have no reason to doubt that. Uh, in our context, I think they would just be dismissed skeptically. They they wouldn't they wouldn't register. You're not going to see it on the nightly news. You know, miracle happens. Um, a dozen kids get out of a cave in Thailand. Miraculous, yes. Miracle? No. We know how we know how they did it. Skilled cave divers. Good plan. Well executed. Right. But it, it's it's very coincidental
1: that the right people happen to be in the right place at the right time.
0: That's the fun part. It yeah. just it just so happened there was an Australian medic who was also an experienced cave diver it just so happened there was a a spelunker who knew that particular cave really well had charted it they were all they were all in town when the when the kids are trapped that is a really cool coincidence hand of god who's to say not but the hand of god's everywhere the hand of god's always everywhere
1: all the time so i think you pointed out to me that all the kids were Buddhist except one Christian kid yeah, the, or something like that? Yeah, the
0: follow-up was all the kids got their heads shaved and they had some kind of ritual, some Buddhist ritual, you know, consecrating themselves. But one kid didn't, said no go on the participation. The, the, the participation thing uh, because he was christian so he couldn't participate in so that.
1: maybe all the kids God were saved for him. the sake of the one christian child
0: is <laughs> there that's a spin that's a spin one of the things about about miraculous events that have meaning is the meaning is is revealed it's disclosed too it's not just the event itself but the event has to have meaning and the meaning always points to christ it always it's designed to create faith
1: in christ right Right, I, I think my favorite miracle in Scripture is the healing of the paralytic guy. And, he, and he, as Jesus looks down and says, "Your sins are forgiven," everyone's indignant. He says, "Which is harder to say: Your sins are forgiven, or get up, take your mat, and go home?" So, so that they might believe, he said, "Get up, take your mat, and go home." The guy does, but which is actually harder to say: Your sins are forgiven, I say, because Jesus had to die for that one. Mm-hmm. But you know, just to say the words, it seems very simple. Oh. You know, you're forgiven. That's easy to say, but for it to actually happen, you know, the greater miracle was the death and resurrection of Christ.
0: That, that's a great example because the friends bring their paralyzed friend to Jesus so that he could walk again. That's why they did that. That's why they dug through the roof and lowered him. <laughs> wrecked the poor old lady's roof and right. And there's this big crowd, but and but then Jesus does something they didn't ask him to do. He forgives him my son your sins are forgiven then everybody's ticked off and and outraged but see that's exactly it why does why does he miraculously cause with his word and God always works through his word uh the guy to walk uh, it's because so that you may believe that he has the authority to forgive sins that's the big deal right the other things that's that's easy in fact in yeah. the resurrection it's all it's all kind of like brought into its proper place anyway but that's so you so you trust Jesus and take him at his word. There's there's that other miracle. Remember the one where the water is stirred, and 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 it's it's first in gets the miracle. I yeah, can't, Pool I of Bethesda. Can't, I can't think of anything crueler. <laughs> you know, so the guys with good legs, boom, they're in the water. They're doing a cannonball right in there. Got it. <laughs> And he yeah, and, and, and here's some a gimpy quadriplegic right yeah, next to him who's guy, who's just trying to roll over and he can't he's even. trying to roll into the water <laughs> and he can't even get started and a, and a bunch of you know bunch of blind guys who can can run the hundred yard dash in world record time are cannonballing into the the pool ahead of them boy that
1: those are some cruel angels doing that sort
0: of thing i know, you know that's that's, the water that's like. one
1: of the one of the cruelest healing sites i've ever heard of now the stirring part only shows up in the king james the, that that uh, textus Receptus. There, oh, yeah, it? that's right. It's, I don't it's think a, it shows up in the Nestle Allen. An explanatory
0: uh, edition in in, right. man, in some manuscripts. but but And Jesus short-circuits the whole thing. He just comes up to the guy and says, Nobody help you in the water? No, I said, eh, Never mind that. Just go home. <laughs> 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 the Word. The Word. You know, right. I, I think maybe that's the big take-home lesson is when you have the Word, you don't need the other stuff. And that's not to say God isn't at work, but boy, he does a good job of hiding behind it, it just so happened. Yeah. And, uh, you know, are you going to be able to squeeze meaning out of it? Mm, good luck. I, I, don't, I don't try. That's, that's what Luther called dealing with the hidden God. Mm. You know, deal with the God who's revealed to us in Christ and you, you can't go wrong. Start speculating about the hidden God. Mm, all kinds of stuff happens. Yeah, so, it's a little hinky at that point. It. It is. It is. So, hey, I heard you finished VBS. Yes, we
1: we survived. How long we, did it go? Uh, it, it was a week. Uh, it was in the evenings, so, you know, I'd do some work during the day, and then I'd take a nap and then come back for VBS. And, um, <laughs> take a nap. Oh, gosh. Well, it was hot. Go, we go don't go have down, air conditioning in that part of the church. and we Go down to the, the Royal the Ohana
0: Room uh, for, a, for a little, <laughs> little fortification <laughs> before VBS. And uh, yeah, and
1: and uh, my church believes in feeding people always. Oh, that's that's uh, laudable. That's good. Yeah, and and so we have a dinner before VBS, and then we have the VBS, and then uh, around nine o'clock it all wraps up, and we all go home. But it it was it was good. It, it was good turnout, uh, but royally exhausting.
0: <laughs> As in the Royal Ohana room, yeah. So yes. I, I get that. How many kids did you have? About. Oh, I think we have fifty-two. That's good, which is uh, respectable. Yeah, I mean, do, do, you have, not, do you have a decent core, a, a corpse, a decent corpse of volunteers? Yeah, we've got
1: great volunteers. We had twenty-five volunteers, I think. Wow, and, um, I'm envious. Yeah, so, I'm I mean, envious of that. It, That's really good. You you know, it's really kind of cool serving in church with mostly retired people who still have a lot of energy and everything, Mm -hmm. because these people are really involved in the church. They're, you know, they've got energy still to do a lot of stuff. And I I only had two old ladies fall down. And if they're (laughs) listening, they're not that old, but... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: take, um, take, took a tumble. <laughs>
1: yeah. And th- neither of them at VBS, it was at home and at the market, but uh, neither one of them broke anything, thanks be to God, but they're all bruised and battered and kind of, but yeah, they were some of my volunteers,
0: so. <laughs> I, I I ran across an article, I, I think I showed you this one from Empathios. Oh, yeah. Patheos yeah, is we'll a lot of fun. Uh, it's it's uh, it, was, it came out July 21st, 2018. Oh, July-August is VBS season. And uh, a guy named Jonathan Eigner wrote uh, a satirical piece. And you always have to, you know, these days where there's no sense of either the implicit or the ironic, you have to always specify this is satirical. Just like Babylon B, ever notice <laughs> Babylon B or The Onion? <laughs> People are passing this on as though it were real news, and, right?
1: Uh, and there's always someone who's like, "That's a satire site," you know, or something like that. It, it's like
0: really good gold star for you. All right, <laughs> you clearly do not have an irony deficiency. So, so but he's got a, an article called 10 Rejected VBS Themes." <laughs> so he starts out saying, I'm admittedly not the biggest proponent of vacation Bible school as a ministry strategy. In fact, I think VBS, as it's currently packaged by the likes of Death Way, Orange Church, and other publishers and peddlers of Jesus-y crap, is just another way of marketing techniques that's, that has so alienated the millennial generation from the American church. Even with the best of intentions, it's hard to package Jesus up into a product that can be sold to little kids within the span of a week. Doing so while making Jesus culturally appealing is next to impossible unless you reduce the Christian faith into a formula. So, But then again, the idea of not doing VBS just isn't going to fly with most evangelicals or most Lutherans, actually. We don't, by the way. We don't have a VBS because I've got this after-school Program that just occupies the place until ah. six thirty. So there's no way I can cram another thing into here. So. Nonsense!
1: You can do it after six thirty.
0: <laughs> no, I can't. Um, it's a good excuse too. I mean, come on, think of the children and <laughs> free childcare. Yes, indeed. That's really that's the that's what VBS really stands for: free childcare for many parents. That's it. So apparently, we, we know that going in though. Apparently, according to Jonathan Eilers, the Babylon Bee, a satirical site, did an article uh, on a a satirical VBS on the Jonathan Edwards famous Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. (laughs) Can you imagine five days (laughs) of crafts and fun on the theme Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God? That's going to take some time to
1: come up with uh, craft ideas.
0: So, that. so, so our friend Jonathan Eilers, uh has come up with a few other suggestions along in this vein. I, I think he's speaking satirically, but yeah, never know. So, I think maybe you could you
1: could uh, on Monday have the kids start an ant farm, and then on Friday, <laughs> uh, smash it with a sledgehammer.
0: Have and you it, s- have you seen where they pour molten aluminum into a fire ant colony? Oh, yeah, it's cool. And it it, it fills in all the crevices, the nooks and the crannies, and makes this artistic-looking thing. It looks like sculpture. It's really...
1: I know, it's neat. It I looks kind of like
0: coral almost. It does, but I can't get around the idea that, that this thing is built around, like, hundreds of thousands of entombed dead ants. I thought that they were mostly vacated. Uh, no, I think these are living colony. I think they just pour it right in there, and and that's it, man. It's Cause
1: when adios. I've seen they they hose it off and everything, it, mm-hmm. it seems shiny. I don't see little like ant specks like embedded. I think in they're there.
0: vaporized.
1: Help me, kind <laughs> of thing. Or
0: yeah, anything. you can hear the screaming. It's it's apocalyptic. You know, can you imagine if you're an ant and some 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 human for the sake of art pours molten aluminum into your into your home? Well they weren't elect. This is a Sodom and that's right. <laughs> this is Sodom and Gomorrah thing. By the way, that'd be a great VBS, wouldn't it? Sodom and Gomorrah? Why don't we would, why don't we do that one? That would be a good one. You could end it on Friday night with a fireworks show. <laughs> <laughs> and and you could dress up Paula as a pillar of salt. You know, it's amazing to me. Growing
1: up in the evangelical world, that that was Sodom and Gomorrah was all about punishing gays. That that's what it was all about. In, I, in and I don't think it's world. even I don't think
0: it's even about gays. But nevertheless, whatever.
1: No, but I mean that's that's what it turned into. It, it wasn't that there is no one who follows God in the town, and and they all are, have turned their backs on God. It, that that wasn't the consideration. The consideration was their
0: sexuality. Well, and and. Everybody ignores Lot's offer to toss his virgin daughters out to the mob. Well, you know, that that was... <laughs> yeah, right. Gloss over that one. And, and you know... For the, hey, I got daughters. For the sake of God, you're willing yes, to... No, forget the daughters, man. Your, we yeah, want those guys. Off. We want those visitors. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was. Anyway. I don't think it was gay. I think it was, it was about. It was about dominance. I think it was about. It's like like prison sex. I, I think it was about power and dominance. But uh, still, it's, you know, it's not very hospitable. I got to say that. That's never what the guy on the receiving end says. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> yeah, well, that's the point. <laughs> that's, so anyway, Jonathan Eilers. So he's got here's a VBS suggestion: pants on fire. Ooh, the Ananias yes. and Sapphira story. So, you know, this, is, this serves as a warning to young children. The next time they lie about brushing their teeth, this could happen to you right here. So, you know, tell the truth. <laughs> or, or, or here's one, Jabez, the real savior in the Bible. As he puts it, Bruce Wilkinson is the smartest man in the history of the world, <laughs> debatably. Uh, God gave us 66 books to help us understand the gospel, but the real key to happiness and success is tucked away in some obscure prayer uh, prayed by some inconsequential dude in the Old Testament. And so Monday through Wednesday will be spent teaching the kids how actually to find First Chronicles in the Bible.
1: <laughs> I, I wonder how much he made off that book. Because that was on the bestseller list for like a year and a half or something.
0: That was insane. Hey, here's one that's culturally relevant to the hashtag MeToo uh, era. Yes? It was all her fault how how Bathsheba trapped David. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> See, now is, you the, know what? They, now they, is the time for us to teach our young that's people right. how to take a stand and hold on to what is eternal. Like patriarchy <laughs> and male <laughs> privilege. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh gosh! David it's, just
0: couldn't help himself. That hussy was bathing on the roof. She she probably wore yoga pants too and had tattoos. Well, who who
1: had? <laughs> I'm sure she had the lower back thing going. Oh. But man. honestly, really, I really, mean, really there's. I know I'm you sorry. you went there. I, I'm gonna catch hell from that from oh, some friends. Man, um. <laughs> all right. You know, there is this sense, though, that she knew that he was watching,
0: that, you know, oh. she was maybe doing the, the naughty little dance. That story she got is in. loaded with things unsaid, like as though nobody knew. They're constantly sending messengers back and forth. Oh, you know, yeah. they don't even they don't even use a secure email account. Yeah. So, like, everybody knows what's going on. And Jonathan goes and says, I think David likes you. And he, then she sends one back. And, you know, we sometimes <laughs> miss the, the, long, the long of this, too. This, this, this turns out to be a very unhappy marriage. And, oh, when, yeah. and when David is dying, he's an old man, he's dying. And Bathsheba can't wait for him to drop dead so her son Solomon can be king. She right. he can't die quick enough. So she's scheming and she's she's just conniving and doing all kinds of things. But no it was, no no, she was innocent. <laughs> he he abused her. She wore yoga pants. So but anyway, what, what a great lesson for, for the kids. They need to be thinking about this stuff. How about this one? Don't be. You know, a, know what? I bet she could rock
1: those yoga pants too.
0: Don't be a heretic. <laughs> This life-changing life-changing week will be spent warning children to avoid the ancient Christological heresies. Wouldn't that be great? Game ideas, including lop the head off a heretic, or for older children's, filioqua, in wow. which nobody eats, drinks, pees, or goes home until they agree to a new creed. There you go. <laughs> Each day culminates in burning another false teacher at the stake. You know... <laughs> Church history, dogma, you know, it was beautiful. And I think they have to be able to confess the, the union, personal union of the two natures in all three genera by the end of the week, including being able to speak of the non-reciprocity in the second genus by Friday, or they just don't go home. We just hold them hostage for another week.
1: You know, there there are a few uh, Lutheran uh, blog sites that might actually come up with a decent version of this that uh, they could put into action.
0: <laughs> now, since we're operating under a homeschooler alert, he does have as his last one, is Interruptus, the story of Onan. <laughs> <laughs> every child oh. must know about this. Every, every boy <laughs> must be warned. Oh uh, okay. gosh!
1: Yeah. So you know, you, you can look this up on Pathos because uh, even under the Homeschooler Alert, I, I think we dare not read the description on that one. <laughs> no, Cause...
0: we we don't. We we we're just, we know better than that. You know, there there are lots of other stories that you never hear in Sunday school that I think would make great edgy VBS stories. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, my favorite, of course, is is JL, <laughs>
1: who uh, right. who. I, I can't remember the guy's name, but she. Cicera, uh, Cicera.
0: yeah, nailed his head to the ground with a tent, tent peg. peg. I, I remember I was at Camp Arcadia uh, up in Michigan. and for one of the family activities, they had uh, the families would would um, dress up and rehearse a biblical skit. And then you'd have to guess what story in the Bible that they were doing. And I think they had to they had to mime it. I don't think they could use words. So so they were doing kind of a mime skit and, and into dinner walks this family that we'd gotten to know. And the wife uh, has a, a mallet and a large peg. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, J.L. And she was really impressed that I went right for it. I said, oh, one of if, my favorite stories.
1: She should have dipped that peg in some red paint before she came. That What's that
0: story where, the, where, 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 this, where he comes up with a knife and it, it, the guy's so fat that he oh, loses? Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Like he, loses he loses a knife
1: and the guy's blubber.
0: Yeah, yeah. See, kids would love that stuff. I think I the, actually
1: have a friend who who named his daughter J.L., by yeah. the way. Well, I,
0: don't mess with that chick. I, I think you could do like five days on on flamboyant murders in the Bible, <laughs> see, or or just in honor of jail. Let's just call it nailed it. <laughs> how, how about this? This would be great for the people who kind of live in more of a like in Alaska or some of the the more natural areas uh, around e- Elisha and the bear. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a fine one. You know, isn't that one where like the kids are making fun of Elisha? Yeah, Second Kings, calling yeah. them names and stuff like that. So, so a bear comes and eats like forty two kids. What? Yeah. What a what a great story that is. Well, and they're calling him Baldy, which <laughs> I mean, really, that's that's
1: going to set you off that much? Where God sends a bear to come and eat the kids? But
0: I'll, I'll tell you, who's a mother load of VBS material is Samson. Oh, gosh. Can yes. you imagine five days on Samson the judge? <laughs> Day one. <laughs> Let's tie foxes' tails together and light them on fire. <laughs> I did a... Uh, Day two. Uh, Let's kill interv- Philistines and go to a brothel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did an interview with Chad Bird. We spent a lot of time on Samson. And, uh, man, what a what a shipwreck that guy was. I mean, just... just it's amazing that God would use someone like this. I mean, the, the guy is just
0: an idiot. Well, he's, he's like this big, dumb hunk of beef <laughs> who, who's he's a comic killing machine. Book. He's comic book. He's Marvel Comics. You know, you can imagine like the Hulk or something like that. And his strength is in his hair. Oh, he's and, having sex with this chick. And he's who, got a weakness for women.
1: <laughs> who is determined to steal his strength. So every time he t- feeds her a lie, she tries it. And then the idiot finally gives up the goods. And and tells her the truth, and then he's kind of shocked when she shaves his head. I, what?
0: Uh, and uh, the crowning achievement, though, it, it's 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 wild. Like he's like chained to the pillars of the temple of Dagon, and and he gets his strength back miraculously. Speaking of, and and pulls the pillars down and kills himself. I mean, he's he's buried, but it's kind of like almost like a Christ figure, isn't it? Like he 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 conquers the Philistines by his own death. I honestly, yeah, but sense. but not a very nice guy. But what no. a what a great VBS! You could you could fill five days on the life of Samson and just not run out of material. You know, he was a total bully in high school. <laughs>
1: <Right. He's laughs> always throwing the little kids in the See, dumpster and stuff.
0: And this is the kind of VBS that will bring child and family services out to your parish in, <laughs> by Tuesday. <laughs> Oh, let's see what 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 other ones come to mind. Well, here? you know uh, Noah Noah and the boys are are you
1: just stole the words <laughs> out of my mouth with that one
0: Noah. <laughs> you know we're all into the Arky Arky kind of thing and the animals poking out of the holes in the Ark and stuff. You ever notice? You ever see those 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 things where they're loading up the Ark and you got two male lions going on? You go two by two, and you ever see those? And they're, they're Go- both male lions yeah google it sometimes they have these cartoons or, or these oh these kind red- of like far side kind of thing no this is the, they're trying to be serious but they've got two giraffes two monkeys two this and then they got two lions and they both have manes <laughs> and Oops. you're thinking that ain't going to work. <laughs> it's just <laughs> that's not going to work. <laughs> so funny. Well the ark was kind of like a prison, so you know. It's, but but we've <laughs> kind of like focused on the arky, arky and and all the happiness in the ark but, you know, and that that had to have sm- that first of all that that must have smelled really bad oh, to high heaven, yes. You know, if you think like like some of those 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 old school houses at the zoo smelled bad, the ark just no good. But but yep. We're leaving out the peripheral stuff, like all the bloated dead in the water. Th- that'd be kind of interesting, you know. So you do like a big pool party, and you got a lot of a lot of just <laughs> corpses. <right>? <laughs> <laughs> or then, or then Noah, Noah, you know, first thing he does is plant a vineyard, get hammered, and pass out naked in his tent, you know. And then <laughs> the boys looking and go, "Whoa, <laughs> no, Dad, no, 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 that's not good." <laughs> 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 So yeah, I,
1: I love the one from Judges with the concubine. Oh gosh, and and the guy who the Levite with the concubine, which in and of itself, you have, think about yeah, that. The Levite, priestly concubine, class Levite guy concubine. What's wrong with this picture? With a concubine, and uh, she goes home to dad, and he follows and ends up hanging out there for too long. And the Tribe of Benjamin guys show up, and they want him to come out and pleasure them.
0: <laughs> and Dad says, no, 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 he's See, my guest. They're you can't doing, do that. They're, they're at it again. They're doing that Sodom and Gomorrah thing all I'm telling you. over again. And what does the guy do? He does the lot thing. He's, I got a virgin daughter, and I got this concubine, you know? You, you know what? I got
1: one experience and one inexperience. <laughs> Fulfill all your needs what right here, guys. What kind of people good. are these? <laughs> Just... Well, part of it, from what I understand, is that in those days in Middle Eastern culture, if you had a guest under your house, uh, under your roof, you had to defend him with your own life.
0: And so even to the point of giving oh, your I own daughter. Oh, I see. Daughters. I see. I see. Okay. Okay. All so right. there's
1: this honor
0: involved. I, of got of I got it. I got it. Um, but, yeah. you know, but boy, so did, these were, yeah, rough, so he times. These were his his
1: rough times. So he sends his daughters out to be used by all these Not, thugs. Good. Not good. And the guy wakes up in the morning, he comes outside and finds a concubine laying there, and he says, come on, let's go. And he discovers she's dead.
0: No, well, and she's either dead or half dead or not quite dead. But Her fingers are buried in the doorpost. She's gone, stuff. yeah. So, then he, but then he cuts her up into 12 pieces and sends her to the tribes of Israel in judgment. I think she was dead by then. Yeah, at that point. Yeah. But, you know, really? This is... <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just gave me an idea. We could, you could do, you could do five five day Bible for five five you know session VBS on the Book of Judges. So you start out cool because you you start with Gideon, you know, and 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 even get Deborah and Barak. That's kind of nice story. So yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. But then it like it after Wednesday, it just takes turns, and, turns south. Yeah, goes it goes very dark. It goes bad, and it culminates. <laughs> it culminates in the Levite and his and his concubine. It, Oh, I'm telling man. you, all this is the stuff of graphic
1: novels with well endowed women and <laughs> blood and guts everywhere. You could, you could do, if you're a good artist, you could make a fortune on a graphic novel with the Book of Judges. I'm convinced. Do, of it. We
0: need to, we, we got to bring a theological, we got to tweeze something theological out of all of this. The that, that, this God is, uses losers He does He uses real sinners. He's rescued yeah. a real world from real sin, and this is as real as it gets there's there is no sugar coated um you know plaster cast, gilded anything here yeah, this this is it's like worse than we experience well the the vast majority of the
1: prophets in the Old Testament were complete weirdos,
0: yeah, they were that.
1: I mean, just just walking around naked, sleeping on one side, cooking their food over crap, and I mean, just <laughs> weird stuff. They're like a the homeless guy down at the river, you know? And, yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, but consider that. I mean, yeah, the homeless guy wanders into the church and and declares, "Thus saith the Lord," and everyone's supposed to listen to this guy. You know, and you you wonder why the Israelites laughed him out of town and treat him shamefully because they're weird, but. <laughs> they spoke the
0: truth. God's God's ways are not our ways, his no. thoughts not our thoughts and he's reconciled the whole mess in the death of his son. What else can you say? So, so much for VBS. I think we've yeah. got a lot of material there. So, I think we're toast on this one, Craig. What do you think? Yeah, sounds good. Stay <laughs> disturbing and compelling, Bill. Very very disturbing. You can you can follow us if you wish on Facebook. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher, or any of those things. And you can have access to the full archive, all 339 episodes, at godwhispers.org. And if you wish to pose us a God problem that we will talk around for 20 or 30 minutes, uh, please do that at GodWhispers@gmail.com. at gmail.com. So, compelling, disturbing, all those things. Until next time, thanks for listening.